Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, it's been a while since we focused on Perth Glory, but their bid for the finals is gathering pace on the back of an enviable home record. And on Sunday, they ground out a point in a goalless draw with Melbourne Victory to set up a seismic clash with Sydney FC this coming weekend. Just one point, of course, separating the Sky Blues in sixth from Glory in seventh. Let's talk now to Glory head coach Ruben Zadkovic. Evening, Ruben. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, very good. Broski's here as well. Uh, Ruben, I did love your quote on Sunday. A proper old-school game of football, a shitty pitch away from home against a good team and a big club. And it was too, and you, and you really had to dig in for that point, even though you had chances of your own to win it as well. Yeah, it was a, uh, you call it how you see it. That's what I'm, uh, that's what I'm good for. Um, you know, I think it was, a, it was a game where if I knew the state of the pitch was like that before we got there, our game plan may have been slightly different. So we had to adjust on the run and... Um, I think victory were definitely more prepared and set up, you know, with a, with a tight 4-4-2 and, and played to the conditions a little bit better than us. Took us a good 25 minutes or so to settle and had to make a little bit of a tactical change to kind of put us in the contest. But I was super proud of the way um, my players adapted on the run and, and the way they showed resilience, which is exactly what we need at this you know point in the season. Just speaking on that resilience, I mean, your home form has been incredible and, and, and the away form, when you look at that, um, you know, obviously a lot less so. But, you know, that, that's your second consecutive draw on the road where you, you have shown that character and that resilience. Is that something that you're trying to bring in to try and get these wins and turn that away form around? Yeah, definitely, mate. I think, you know, it's been a very, um, it's been a very interesting uh, journey for us as a group. I mean... There's a lot of changes to our squad and a lot of guys that um, have, are new to Perth. And the travel was, is certainly something that's hit a few of them pretty hard. And I think, um, you know, they weren't so prepared mentally for it. And I think the longer the season's gone, the, the more they're growing into those performances. I think the other funny thing about football is we've had some really good performances away from home where we've, you know, dominated possession and dominated chances on goal. You know, the Western United game springs to mind, first of all. And... Um, and not got anything and lost because of we've conceded either whether whether it be from individual mistakes or a set piece or something, you know, which we know we need to do better, but hasn't really been a phase of play um, thing. So, and then we haven't got anything. And then on the weekend, you know, there we are. I thought our performance was, wasn't great at all, if I'm honest, in terms of our phase of play and, and us trying to build up with the ball, but we get a point out of it. And I think, um, you know, resilience is something that this team's shown a lot of times. I think that's, you know, I think five times or six times this season we've come back from losing positions to get points. Away to Wellington, we were 2-0 down, um, you know, up there in a, in a very difficult rural ground and came back to 2-2. And again, that's a game we finished with, you know, a lot, of, a lot more possession and a lot more chances on goal and, and probably should have won in the end. So there's been a lot of performances where we didn't get the result. Uh, we feel like if we stick to our processes and we improve and, you know, we need uh, an 18-man performance over 95 minutes, then we definitely feel like we're good enough. And I feel like this is a massive opportunity for us, you know, to go to a great, a great club and a great team away from home, backs against the wall, and and maybe put our best away performance of the year in. 
Uh, Ruben, just before we leave Sunday's game against Victory, uh, any complaints about the red card issued to Mark Beavers? And um, any view on Victory's shout for a penalty? I think I know what you're going to say, but I'll ask anyway. <laughs> yeah, look, the penalty one, to be honest, I, I haven't seen too many angles of the penalty. I've had a few people say it looked like a penalty and mm. a couple of guys on pitch say that it looked more like a dive. I think it was probably a mixture of both. Um, it's probably one of those situations where... Um, you know, had the ref given a penalty, it definitely wouldn't have been overruled. And we've had a couple this year that have gone the other way on that. So how it's called on pitch obviously can then make it um, a little bit in that grey area where is it clear and obvious to the to the VAR of which they thought that it wasn't. So um, I think we probably got a little bit lucky in that case um, that the, the on-field referee didn't give it. However, you know, like, like I said after the game, I do feel like um, too much we're talking after every A-League game about whether it be a red card or a penalty or a decision yeah. from a referee. And I do I do firmly believe that the more the referees stay out of those big moments, unless it's clear and obvious and unless it's a, a glaring um, foul or a glaring, you know, card, then I feel like erring on the side of staying out of it is important. And I don't mm. feel like that was a game-changing moment. I felt like it was a really hard-fought draw away from home. And, um, yeah, so that, that's probably my view on the penalty. I think um, the Mark Beavers one, you know, I'm a little bit firmer on my views. I feel like... You know, I think it's only a minute or two into the game. He makes a foul in transition, and it's a yellow card. And if you're going to start a game in a contest like that with a yellow card that early in a game for a pretty soft transition foul, then you have to be consistent. And that means that every transition foul that's on halfway needs to be given a yellow card that looks like a dangerous situation. And, of course, it wasn't. So he books him early on in the game for a very soft foul. And then late in the game when there's, you know, 10 players from each team in a push and shove, where there wasn't much pushing, there wasn't much shoving, there wasn't any striking, there wasn't really any aggression in it. Um, you know, I feel like a, a, a tougher referee or a referee who wants to stay out of it a little bit, he maybe does exactly the same thing, calls the same players after the melee, he calls the captains to the melee and then says, fellas, you've got a minute left of football, let's get the corner done and finish the game. And there's no need to go and then send a player off for, for something that he didn't really do. So... Um, that's my view on it. But I, I, then again, I am old school. I think all yellow cards uh, should be playing on anyway. So, I mean, I you, think, you and uh, Daniel McBreen, by the way. Especially the way you used to tackle them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I just, I just, I, I, I just feel like we've go, we go too far the other way. Every yeah. week we're talking yeah. about red cards and suspensions and referee decisions, and I'd love for it to be. That's true. Know, it should have been spoken about the football, to be honest. It should have been spoken about how Victory played really well at home and probably had the better of the game. And then Perth Glory showed a lot of character to get a point and it shouldn't really be about referee decisions. That's what I feel. Agree, mate. Couldn't agree more, actually. Uh, look, just looking at Adam Taggart, um, you, you mentioned post-game on Sunday that he's carrying a, a groin niggle at the moment. Uh, we know, you know, Craig Goodwin is, is um, and I don't know if it's a similar injury, but he's also managing it. Will Adam be right for the weekend or is it something that he's just going to have to manage from now on? Yeah, we'll have to look at it. The good, the good part, um, you know, this week was he was moving today and out on the grass, and that's um, that's a step forward from what he was able to do last week. He wasn't really able to get going at all last week, but he still wanted to come with the team and wanted to, you know, in his words, you know, go out there and try and nick a goal late if we needed it a bit. And, um, you know, he's playing through a little bit of pain there for us on the weekend, and I said it after the game, you know, like, um, you know, he's, he's he loves this club. This is his hometown club, and he's been a, a great pickup for us, and albeit we haven't really seen the best of him, if I'm honest. He, he came in, um, you know, with a, f a few niggles here and there and he picked up a, a slight quad strain early and then we've kind of been playing catch-up with him ever since. And, uh, 
he's working really hard. Um, he's working really hard with our medical team. But if I'm honest, it'll be a, one that's penciled in for a really good preseason, and I think mm. we'll see the best of him moving into next year. But if we can, um, if we can get a good week's training into him and, and get him on the pitch on the weekend, then one thing we know about Tags is uh, he knows how to score. And he, I think the dangerous thing for other teams at the moment is they need to be looking at the amount of times Tags has been in a position to score. And uh, for as long as those percentages are high and he's had his chances, I know that the goals are coming. And uh, for as long as his attitude is how it is at the moment, where he's willing to sacrifice for his team and his club, um, then he'll lead our line if he's if he's fit. So this all sets up this huge game at the weekend against Sydney FC. It's so important for both sides. Um, how do you set up without Mark Beavers, possibly without Adam Taggart, at least in your starting 11? And, of course, young Jacob Muir also came off. So that's two of your three central defenders potentially out that started at the weekend. Does this mean a, a major rejig for you potentially? Look, it might, it might be. I think um, I think one thing that I've had to do in, in my time, you know, especially as interim manager and uh, and even moving into this season is just, you know, be flexible and adaptable to what we have and who we're facing, and um, you know that's something that I've I've definitely learned in this in this short and you know very whirlwind journey of, of coaching that I've had to endure so far. And um, you know, the, I like to I like my teams to be flexible and I like them to be adaptable and um, something that takes a little bit of time. And there's a lot of a lot of detail to around those tactical changes and how the principles don't change, but sometimes the formation does and the spaces are in different areas and. I feel like my team's growing in that. Um, we're able to, to change and adapt on the run in the middle of games now, and um, we're picking up points because of those changes. So, look, I've got a lot of confidence in um, you know my squad and, and how they'll go about their business, and I've also got a big confidence in my younger players, and I, I'm more than happy to throw them into situations that are high pressure because I firmly believe in that's important for their development and it's important for the development of Australian football, and uh, I'm going to stand by that. I'm going to stick to that. So if we're missing a few key individuals, then, you know, one man's loss is another man's gain. And if, if that's a young player, then I'm more than happy to throw them into a, you know, a must-win game. And, and that excites me, to be honest. Just looking at um, at the season in general, I mean, you had such a big turnover of players this season. 17, um, you know, left the club. 18 have come in. Has the fact that you're, you're even sort of challenging at this time of the year for finals, has it come earlier than you expected? Or um, are you right where you expected to be this season? Oh, that's a, that's a tough question, Roscoe. I think, like, first of all, like, I'm an eternal optimist by nature. Like, I always, you know, everything that I'm competing in, I, I want to win and I expect to win and I always have a huge belief in myself. And I've tried to impart that on my group and not really, you know, limit them to, to setting lofty goals or standards or we have to be here or have to be there. One thing that I've been very clear on with the group right from the start, players and staff and all our admin people and uh, people behind the scenes is that, you know, given the context of where we were when I took over the club, um, the build's going to be a, a big process and it's going to take a few windows full stop for us to get you know, back to where we need to be. Um, but that doesn't mean that um, we don't want to fast track that. It doesn't mean that we can't work our asses off you know, day in, day out and, and you know, surprise people. And what we've had to endure, we had, a, we had a pre-season with a lot of changes, like you say, not just in, in player roster, but also in many departments in our football department, physio, S&C, um, admin, CEO, the changes through the club have been massive and the rebuild's been, you know, crazy behind the scenes if people knew what, we, 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 what we've actually endured. So, and then to start 
you know, we had one game in pre-season against A-League opposition and then started with five away games in a row. So we were basically growing as a group in the middle of competition games. And since that World Cup break, when we had those five weeks to train and, and really focus on our key principles and, and how we want to play and who we want to be and how we want to represent ourselves, there's been a, a big shift in, in performances. And uh, like I said, our home form's been really good. Um, we've had some good performances away and haven't picked up points. And um, I feel like we're actually a little bit unlucky, unlucky not to be higher on the ladder, but... I'm not the only coach seeing that. Uh, Ruben, just one final one before we let you go. We've got about another six questions, but unfortunately the clock's beaten us. Um, I wanted to ask you what the situation is with Stefan Kolakowski. He's not featured very much at all this season. He arrived from Melbourne City. I think everybody thought he would he would probably be starting every week. Is it an injury or what's the what's the go with Stefan? Look, it's a, this is a, a, it's a hard subject to talk about because some of the conversations and some of the things, obviously, we need to keep in-house. Mm-hmm. I think with Steph, what I can say is the first thing that's important is he's a fantastic person. He's a great guy and someone that I've got a lot of time for in our relationship, you know, as people's very strong. I think we've shifted away um, tactically a little bit from where we were at the start of the season and in pre-season. And, um, you know, we've spent a lot of the year in a back three with wing-backs and, and that's not necessarily suiting Steph, if, if I'm honest, and that's mm-hmm. not his fault. But the other part of football is you have to adapt and you also have to, um, you know, you have to work hard and you have to earn your, your time and your minutes. And uh, that's an area that Steph needs to focus on. So I think he's, he's faced and endured a lot. He's moved away from home for the first time. He's still a young kid. He's got a, his future's all ahead of him. And uh, part of football is when you're not playing is to knuckle down and continue to work yeah. hard. And that's what he's going to do. And I'm sure that um, he'll get the minutes, you know, down the track in his career at the time that he deserves it. And that's, and that's pretty much all I can say on the matter. And, you know, he's not the only one. I'm sure there are other players in our squad that would be disappointed that they're not playing big minutes also. But my decisions are for the best of the, the team and the club. And sometimes that doesn't benefit all players. And if I'm really honest, um, that's the toughest part about the job is that you have to make tough decisions. And it's not always um, about the individual. And it's never nice to not players. And it's never nice to tell players that they need to improve in different areas. But, you know, the reality is, is that. And that's my job. So um, I've tried to be very fair and very true to, to what I think and what I feel is best for the team and the club. Ruben, that's a pretty thorough answer. Can't ask for more than that. Um, thanks so much for your time tonight. Wish you all the very best uh, against Sydney at the weekend and for the rest of the season. Thanks for joining us. Good luck, mate. My pleasure, guys. Cheers, fellas.